0: y'all can talk about all these viruses and that's good but you can't forget the main one it's plaguing this breath down with the colonial virus down with the colonial
1: Welcome to the People's War Radio Show. I'm Dr. Matsumella Odom.
2: And I'm Uwambi Tongu. Uhuru means freedom in Swahili, and we have freedom on our minds 24-7.
1: Today we want to talk about something you all probably thought we would not talk about, video games. And to discuss this, we have with us two avid gamers and African internationalists, Ushindi Watu of New Jersey and Iquan X of St. Petersburg, Florida. This November, the multinational conglomerate electronics corporations, Sony and Microsoft will be releasing their newest gaming consoles, respectively titled PlayStation 5, or PS5 for short, and the Xbox Series X. The prices of these new gaming consoles could range as high as $900, depending on the retail bundle's purchase. It is estimated that by 2024, Sony and Microsoft will sell over 100 million of these new gaming units. Video games have changed drastically over the last five decades. The first commercial video arcade game was released in 1971. Since then, video gaming has moved from shopping malls to personal bedrooms to cyberspace. Video gaming directly reflects the political and economic reality of society over the last 50 years.
2: Video games have been historically linked to technological advances in warfare and data processing. The first console was in fact produced by students at California's Stanford University, a leader in the academic military-industrial complex. Located in the San Francisco Bay Area, Stanford and neighboring universities have been on the forefront of advancement in computer technology, drone warfare, and other missile systems. Through the 1980s, most video gaming took place at public arcades. By the 1990s, most gaming took place on individually-owned consoles in the privacy of people's homes. The October 1985 release of the Nintendo Entertainment System caused a boom in home gaming and video game selection. In 2000, Sony introduced multiplayer online gaming to their PlayStation 2 console. 42% of people in the United States and over 1 billion people globally Regularly play video games with the average gamer spending six hours online per week. The relationship between Black people and video gaming reflects the relationship between Africans and colonialism.
1: Our first guest is Ushindi Watu from Orange, New Jersey. He is an educator and old school gamer. He has been in arcades and pool halls since pinball. His words, not mine.
2: Iquan is a college student, and avid gamer from St. Petersburg, Florida. For two and a half years, he was the host of No Class, a Black youth radio show on Black Power 96. He gave voice to the struggles of African students and the demand for Black community control of schools. Welcome, Ushendi, and welcome, Iquan.
3: Uhuru, uh, thanks for having me, and congratulations on the success of this podcast. I've been listening, and it's amazing. Uhuru, thank you, thank you. Yeah, thank you for
4: having me on uh, for the show today. It's going to be uh, really interesting. I'm uh, uh, really excited to find out what we're going to talk about for today.
1: day. Iquan and Ushindi, what has been the response to the release of these new gaming consoles in the gaming world? Uh, would you want to go first, Ushindi? You can go first, Aikwan.
4: It's been really competitive between both the Xbox and the PlayStation community as far as which one was better than the other. Uh, the PlayStation 5 uh, bringing in... in Continuations of their already, you know, good release games adding on like from God of War, the new, uh, re- I guess, remixed version of the older four series, four games, uh, as well as uh, Sp- Spider-Man Miles Morales and a couple other games that's coming on. But one thing I would say personally that I've seen uh, is that as much as I can, I've, been, I've played PlayStation my entire life, uh, my whole life, and I love love it to death. But for PS5, there's no reverse compatibility for any of the actual, you know, games they've made up to this point, besides, like, specific ones for the PS4. While the Xbox, you can go all the way back to, like, the Xbox, like, the first one, and still be able to play all those games to this day. And that's really all I've been seeing is just comparisons from one to the other, saying which one's better, as well as um, people saying it's a bit overpriced compared to what it is back when you first could just buy an Xbox or a PlayStation, uh, which, are, which were at the time, of course, it was still a bit expensive, but you were able to afford it, but now it's getting to a point to where it's like, uh, it's like, you, you, might, you might as well buy an iPhone, you know what I mean? But uh, it's just, that's what I've been seeing uh, in the past, passing a uh, few months.
3: What about you, Oshindi? What have people been saying? I unite with everything that Iquan said, Um, but what's really glaring are the memes, and they're pretty funny, but they also suggest that brothers can't uh, buy their own next-gen next gen systems. And I found that real interesting. There's a lot of joke, jokey jokes going on on, uh, on social media. Um, another thing that's glaring, like uh dilemma that I'm having with myself is there are games that I like to play on each system. Like the PlayStation is debuting with the um, Miles, Mor- Miles Morales version of Spider-Man. And then the uh, Xbox has like, you know, other games that, I've been playing, you know, along in other consoles. And, you know, in order to play this specific game, you got to get uh, the, the the Xbox, where I remember games being shared on both platforms and um, it'd be a competition that way. But now the competition seems to be between, you know, getting one, one console or another. So a lot of young Africans, what they do is they go out and find money and get money and get both systems to play their, uh, you know, their favorite games. It's kind of, you know, I just find that interesting.
1: So Miles Morales, that's that uh, African youth that's depicted as Spider-Man now, right?
3: Yes, it's a continuation from the, and they they did an intro in the first Spider-Man game where you play as Miles without, you know, Spider-Man powers. And, you know, it kind of was like a... Uh, Foreshadowing that this was going to be the next game. And um, you know, behold, now the next game system. And I think that's the that's the game that comes with when you buy the uh the new PlayStation system, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. So, like I said, it's a cash grab, you know, it's a money grab for both Sony and Microsoft, you know, to have, you know, Africans, and we'll come up with the, we'll talk about the statistics later. Of who's playing more video games to have Africans like really pouring their money into these systems as opposed to just the next $70, $80 disc for the next game? So despite the joking and all the
2: excitement, it is not all fun and games. The video game industry is directly linked to the theft of labor and resources from Africa. The first PlayStation was released over 25 years ago. The Xbox franchise is almost 20 years old. Billions of gaming consoles have been sold since the 1970s. Nintendo alone has sold 750 million units. Sony has sold 535 million units. Microsoft has sold 150 million units. This industry depends on the theft of Africa's precious minerals, such as cobalt, coltan, and copper. 60% of the world's coltan comes from the Congo and Rwanda. Coltan is used to create the tantalum capacitors which power everything from mobile phones to, you guessed it, video game system. This has contributed to the instability of the African nation and the exploitation of child labor. As many as 40% of the people working in the mines that produce these materials are children. Some analysts have actually begun to call the decades-long neocolonial conflict in Congo and Central Africa the PlayStation
4: War. What do you guys think about that? First, Saekwon and then Ushendi. Well, of course, it's not the first time that any real company has. Really, it's just one of many, many, many industries who take the resources from Africa from many different re- many different advantages they can use on their own means. And for the Xbox and the PlayStation, and they're just using materials from Africa and, give, and taking them for themselves. Uh, something that's similar to actually what iPhone does with their phones as well as, you know, a couple of other, really any real producer of any product takes resources from Africa because it is the most, as far as copper and gold, well, and really the general products that are used for making their Xboxes and PlayStation. That is something that isn't surprising from just for myself. It's something that's been going on for a long time and, as much as I do enjoy being a gamer myself, it's a bit hard to continue so carefree, knowing that that's something that exists
3: to this day. Yeah, um, I Unite um, is definitely something that should be pointed out, especially to uh, Africans who are gamers, that uh, where the resources you know, to make and create these consoles and games come from, I remember a comrade once once time sharing a a video of a of a train um in in africa and on the train it's like it's like a freight train but it has these flatbeds full of materials uh full of uh minerals just and it's like maybe like a two mile long train or even more is just going with all the resources being shipped out stolen from africa and uh being shipped out to all of these different companies and it's important that, you know, Africans who benefit um, or think that they're benefiting from this process by, you know, having fun on the video game, know of the blood that's being spilt to, you know, bring this entertainment to them. So I think that this forum, you know, this is key to getting that message out. When we talk about this on all levels, how uh, the gaming world affects Africans, and that's just one small but, Small but really important piece of the of the of the pie of how African is exploited through the gaming companies and the electronic companies and the phone companies and everything.
1: Africans are overrepresented as gamers, but underrepresented as workers. About seven percent of whites and eleven percent of black youth define themselves as gamers. But Africans are only 3% of the video game industry's workforce. Even then, Africans are overworked, underpaid, and frequently laid off. Iquan, at one time you considered becoming a video game designer, but you changed your mind. Can you explain your reasoning?
4: For myself, I decided to, I wanted to become a video game designer because I love video games and I was real in technology. I'm even going to college to get a degree in IT. Cause I, I I like working with computers and I thought working as a video game designer would be both uh, a way to be able to work in my passions and things that I like. but as far as what I've learned about the industry is that well for one the video game really any real company that has a, a creator type of you know environment as far as you know animating, uh, designing or pretty much anything like that they're overworked overworked to points to where they can't go home they have to meet deadlines and it's it's a very stressful job very very stressful job and for something as complex as video game designing it speaks it takes that and pushes it to the next level. I believe even because um, I know most people you know, already know about office jobs really any office job on the corporate level is that it's supposed to be like a dull, you know, place where you (laughs) go and your dreams die, but most of those statistics back in the day were actually from actual video game companies that exist. Like, I remember there was a a story I heard uh, from a while back where Ubisoft, I forget what game that they were trying to actually make, but they hired on, like, a thousand new employees to try and make this game and do everything they need to do. They worked them to the bone, and Everything they did, and the second the project was over, they fired all of them. And that's something that's just regular in the gaming industry.
2: Yeah, that's definitely understood. Video games have been frequently used to promote U.S. military domination of Africa and the colonized world. In 2008, the United States Army opened the Army Experience Center, a recruiting arcade. Activists forced the close of this center. But the expansion of online gaming in the last 10 years arguably made the center unneeded. The first-person shooter series Call of Duty franchise has produced seven of the top ten and ten of the top 15 grossing video games of the past decade. Call of Duty Black Ops and Black Ops 2 contain scenarios where American counterinsurgents invaded Haiti, killing Africans, and also assassinated Fidel Castro. The success of this series prompted the sale of the Jeep Wrangler Black Ops Edition. What do you think about all that?
3: And we could go with you, Shindy. Yeah, that's a lot to think. First of all, I'm not a, a first person shooter. Uh, that that game genre is just—it's not my genre. It's um, you go out there and then you're getting sniped by like some twelve year old. Uh, white kid and now, you know, you brought a little <laughs> more clarity to the, to the situation. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, 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 sit, no, no,
1: no, 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 let's take a step back because that's real. I mean, first <laughs> off, first off, like even production wise, it's just not appealing, right? Because like you watch the videos like, man, it's going to look cool. And then you like plug it in and it's, it's just a, a gun waving. It, it really does just represent so many different problems. In in U.S.
3: society, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. So yeah, he's cursing you out as he's sniping you, and it just can't get. It. And now you know what Muambi yeah. is bringing to bringing to us is that this kid is being trained, you know, to be a killer for real. So yeah, and and what I find even, you know, more interesting and like revealing is that so with all the modern warfare and that whole kill Castro thing, they sold a vehicle so capitalism is like just dirty and they, they get us in all different ways and i just really find you know it's just it's just interesting how like from every angle you know that every angle colonialism capitalism is on our backs and you know just to promote killing and you know the 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 assassination of one of you know, the twenty twenty first century's greatest leader to be, like, highlighted in the video game. It's, it's just, it's horrific, actually. But I'm it, it doesn't put, I'm not surprised, though. And then they're going to sell a car at the same time with it. This is a machine. You know, we're taught, you know, that, you know, this machine is working all the time. You know, the uh, capital, you know, parasitic capitalist machine is works all the time, all the time. And this is just, uh Evidence of it again and again.
2: Ohuru, what about you, iquan You want to get in on this?
4: Yeah, you know, I, I I play a lot of first-person shooters myself, and Call of Duty is one of the oldest that I've you know played since I was a kid. You know, and you're right, yeah. You know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of twelve-year-olds that we yes, <laughs> you run into on a day-to-day basis. But as far as what you said, as far as um call of duty and them promoting the things that they do you know that really goes for a lot of pretty much anything with the military in this country it promotes everything and really what call of duty makes of it it makes it where it seems like you know america's you know we're the we're the heroes of wherever we are you know we're uh these super cool guys just doing our thing and at the time I, when i was playing game, i just i didn't think about it you know i didn't know politics, i didn't know anything like that and i'm picture it's the same mindset that a lot of Different, you know, youth who's playing Call of Duty now are thinking up to this day. Like I can even say personally of guys who are actually enlisting into the army because of you know playing Call of Duty, and they just they just don't think they're like, oh, you know, I'm gonna I just doing my thing, sniping like I usually do, and I'm kind of afraid that if it keeps going, that that's a mindset that a lot of other children that are going up to this day will also have that they're gonna go and go to the military, and just ignore all the blatant threats yeah, so that it comes. It comes with it as far as what doing in the military. Uh, so yeah, it is. It is very horrifying uh, that because they even sell the car, like you said, because they don't care. They just want to make money. And I already have a lot of issues with Call of Duty as a whole, as far as their old capitalist type of agenda with loot crates and buying skins for guns it's just robbery man but yeah that's 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 really what i think about it
3: no no real quick there's a game that comes to mind i just can't think of the name of it but i'm playing it and it's a pretty good game it's a third person and you're liberating um what seems like to be like a fake kind of country like cuba it's like a fake cuba and I'm playing and playing, and I'm like, yeah, you know, and it it's and it's good. And then all the all of a sudden, here comes this non-playing car, uh, non-playing character that I've been working for, which is the CIA. And I'm like, man, you know, I'm thinking, here I am, liberating, you know, <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's called
1: neocolonialism, colonialism yes. <laughs> yes.
3: You 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 was you colonialist all in this was, game. I'm like, man. <laughs> Yeah, oh, well, I think I know what game you're
4: talking about as well. Um I don't I think it's just cause Cuba. Just
3: cause—that's exactly yeah, just, what it is. Just cause, yeah. I, I have, I yeah. think just
4: cause three. Yeah, that's
3: yeah. yeah. No, that's exactly yeah. the one.
4: Oh, oh, oh yeah, 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 That's the
1: one with a uh, uh, dude, the 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 brother with the Italian name. Uh, yeah, I dude, it, uh, I believe yeah. so.
3: Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 you're, you're, you're absolutely correct, you're absolutely it is,
2: correct. It like a CIA, oh man. Uh-huh. Yep. You are listening to the People's War Radio Show, produced by WBPU, Black Power 96.3 FM in St. Petersburg, Florida. Our guests today are Iquan X and Ushendi Watu. So Ushendi, you damn near 50 years old, and you've been playing video games for a long, long time. The first Africans depicted in video games were athletes, boxers, basketball players, and football players. African women's images only emerged as cheerleaders, background dancers, and other non-playable characters. The first Black person to headline a video game was Mike Tyson, but even then, he was a villain, and an average white dude named Mac was a hero. How have you seen video games represent the colonial images of Africans?
3: This is a great question, Conrad. Um... And when we talk about Punch Out and we talk about Little Mac, we can't leave out Doc Lewis, like the trainer, you know, and um, you know, African sidekick and 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 punch out, like you said, you had Mike Tyson and you had other African characters in that game and they were uh just just portrayed horrifically. They were monsters, you know. And and you see that same kind of um development Still today in all in the video games when it comes to the black character even if he's on the side of the hero but he's just this you know muscle bound uh you know with the you know with slang and you know kicking doors in or telling the jokes or you know um just just a a certain stereotype that they give to you know african characters and as far as women is it's horrific because like when you bring this up the when, when you bring this up the first thing that comes to mind i believe is uh grand theft auto san andreas where or just the grand theft auto um series in general where like the npcs uh and these are the characters that's walking around the the uh city and you may hear like you know a african sister you know you see her walk by and then you hear a voice over that might say something like where's my crack pipe or something like that and it's just like horrific and um i also think about the hot coffee code where you know you get invited into your character gets invited into a sister's house and you know then the house starts shaking you know you get invited in for coffee and this was a big thing in the video game world at the time but um it's just like the portrayal of african women you don't see too many like uh lead characters of uh, like African women lead characters, none that I know of uh, coming through throughout the ages. And they they have some kind of development, you know, of inclusion now of, of Africans and especially African women. But it's not that, you know, that bad character that, you know, that we're looking for. We want, you know, uh, a, a, video game, a video game hero or heroine kicking, you know, colonialism behind, you know, and you never see that. You never see that. Even if it might get close to that, then you might be fooled and and find out that you've been working for the CIA CIA all along, like I said before. First black playable character was uh, basketball. Um, And what they did was shaded one character brown and shaded one character like pink or something like that. And then that developed into you could really make out well, that's a black guy playing, you know, there's a black guy playing a white guy in basketball. And then the sports games just blew up and then you had all of, uh, you know, black characters and even like black sports stars in it. And then, uh, the hip hop community definitely contributed to bringing more, uh, representation, um, of like urban Africans and hood, like, like, you know, rap Africans into the uh gaming system. One of my favorites, uh, Wu-Tang got involved in that. And, you know, I'm a big Wu-Tang fan and, uh, that uh, Wu Tang Shaolin style fighter game—it was—it was incredible. You know, you got the uh, Wu Tang Clan doing martial arts fighting like bosses that it seemed like they come from other games, and that was, you know, a push to the right direction. But uh, it's still ways, ways, ways to go to uh, get to where gaming is involved. You know, involves like who we are as a people. And like I said, a, there's a few good characters, but we need, again, more African women in video games, lead characters, and not just, you know, fighting for being a cop or something like that, just really fighting for the cause.
1: Correct, correct, because
3: my brother-in-law,
1: he works for EA, and he helped create the EA Sports Soccer Game, and in it, they had the lead character's name was Alex, and Alex was uh, African, but... Originally, they were going to make his Alex's mom white and his dad black, and the people were like, wait a minute, but the dad was a deadbeat, so they said, okay, wait a minute, we can't have a black deadbeat dad, so they made the dad white and the mom black, but Alex and his mom is like my color, which is, uh, I guess you could say coffee black, and uh, the dad was a white dude, so Africans are like, that don't make no sense, you know? But on top of that, despite the dynamic characterization and the, the dynamic dialogue that the mother or African women in all these games, even when they have more positive depictions, they're just support characters. You can't play them. So you don't actually get any depth into uh, understanding uh, their roles. And there have been dynamic you know characters. I can think of uh, Assassin's Creed Black Flag add-on, Freedom's Cry, in which you can play an African woman who's a part of the resistance to slavery. But you can't. I mean, sorry, you can't play her. Uh, you can just hear her in dialogue, and she helps support your main characters. But there, there are tons of of, of white women, right? You know, um, Laura Croft. She goes into Africa and and she steals things from Africa and the Caribbean and other places and stuff like that as a part of tomb raider and she's an anthropologist which is one of the worst professions for the theft of africa right but but i remember as an 18 year old tomb raider came out and this was the coolest game ever she got two desert eagles she flipping and she shooting people right uh so so i think that you're absolutely correct but uh, let's move to um Iquan Iquan so Oshinni's talked about this a little bit but what's some of the earliest complex representation of Africans in video games that you can think of also what have been the limits of these representations?
4: Uh Yeah. And as far as like some of the earliest I can think of, I mean, there's not that many most, if not all of any real black characters in any real video game, it's always the same old, you know, drug cartel or, you know, play to basketball, sports. Just And that's, that's also really that's really the limit. It's always those same gimmicks. No original story, no... and Pretty much any real story that is great and foregone, it's always, like, a right character. Or really any character <laughs> that's not black. Every black character, I was, they're always limited. But I would say the earliest complex... That I know of, uh, and this one's actually it's the new. It's a bit of a newer game, baby. Have you ever heard of a uh, Mafia Three? Yeah, Mafia Three came out like uh, 2016. Excellent,
1: excellent, yeah. excellent game. But you know what? That honestly was one of the best, and I think you actually jump in the questions a little bit because. I think that like the petty bourgeois people, middle-class people uh-huh. say, oh, he was in the mafia. He's shooting people. But like, I don't really care about that. Um, uh-huh. the, the, the the realest thing about about the game is it gives complex storyline. He's from the African working class and he's yeah. really fighting against white power that's moving in and trying to take over his community. And it also gives you this uh, diverse look of African life in New Orleans from the people who are uh, French... Uh, Speaking French Creole to the uh-huh. people who come from who come from Haiti to the um, other African working class people. I mean, I actually yeah. think Mafia Three was was one of the uh, most dynamic.
4: Yeah, as far as you know, a, a, a complex of Black history, and because that's the thing about Mafia Three, that I did like. Like I saw, I haven't played it in a while because the gameplay is a bit straightforward, but I, I want to get back into it just to find out where the story goes. Still, like Mafia Three, it ha- includes a lot of. Because it's, it's just for those who don't know, it's in the middle of the revolution of the 60s, and so this is when, you know, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, they're all doing their things, and even um, characters, like NPCs in dialogue were talking about the movements of Malcolm and, Mark and uh, Martin giving them, giving their own input about what they were, uh, at least the best they could at the time. Uh, and even then, as much as I do love the diversity put in Mafia 3, even then they still have the same limits, like uh, uh his name was, I believe, some, Lincoln Clay. That's the name Lincoln of the main Clay. character. Lincoln Clay was the main character. He was in the Vietnam War. Uh, I believe he had. I believe his mother was was. I remember his mother. His mother's father, who was white. I, I I forget. I don't remember that much about the game. I haven't played it in a long long time. But they still have that same. They always have to be linked. Any black character that exists within. But video games are always linked to the same things like a uh, video game like like um like being in the military uh being some sort of support towards the US in any real way there's never ever any r- real case where they just are existing on their own now mafia 3 does take that he he's a war vet he goes beyond and uh uh to liberate communities and work for the people and even he, he works with the CIA, <laughs> just like yeah, just like in Just saw so Three. I forget his name, but dang, you yeah. just ruined it for me. Like, he like you're right, he, he does work. For, he works for the CIA too in that game.
1: And, dang. yeah. I take back everything I just said positive about <laughs> that
4: game. Yeah, but I believe I believe it's um, you have a choice um where it ends as far as how supportive you are with the person. Because uh, they do give you choices uh, to some degree, but still, it's just it's, oh, it's, it's very.
1: Oh, oh okay, yeah, yeah. You just yeah. redeemed it because at the end you could basically turn the tables on the CIA and the uh, and the mafia. I think that's yeah. what it is. At, at least whole, that's just what I'm going. I, I'm gonna tell myself that.
4: Yeah, the whole game's supposed to be like a uh, um, a, a memory, a memoir, because you're already dead. And as far as the story starts, they even have to like they have a character you're speaking with in the future saying, "Oh, I remember looking Clay. He was one of the baddest." guys back in the 60s you know they were he was doing the thing and all that and uh it pretty much is just you living that story which made it really interesting and you're uh i believe it was based around in new orleans yeah new orleans and so you were in the bayou you messed with uh you know occasions and yeah they also I believe also at garveyites they, uh, there were some people who actually followed the beliefs of garvey and you'll even also had, oh my favorite thing and I don't mean to like jumble up my my word in, but my favorite thing about it was they all uh, had this thing where um a CIA agent he had a task and I don't, it's not my favorite thing because like I I don't really like it myself but it's just interesting because they hate uh, you know communism and so like CIA agent he he made it was a task you have to, oh you have to take down communist propaganda throughout the city you know that's one of the tasks that they had uh for blinking Clay, and he didn't care about it himself but he was just trying to make money
1: wow that, that, that's yeah. pretty deep that's pretty deep. yeah
4: they have they, they have a lot of different beliefs and political theories kind of just embedded throughout the entirety of the game ushindi earlier you talked about the vastly popular grand theft auto
2: series it's generated much controversy and even boycotts by civil rights organizations like NAACP, suggesting that it promotes violence. So what are your thoughts on that? Do you think video games promote violence in the African communities?
3: I think people have an issue with uh, Grand Theft Auto um, promoting violence um, because of it taking place in the inner city. um you know, especially when it comes to San Andreas, the characters being, you know, the main characters being black or being African and it's being like a African in city story. Although, like all video games, even going back to we talked about Call of Duty, modern warfare, um, are violent and is like violent in the violence in the center, fighting games. So to, you know, single out Grand Theft Auto to say, well you know, especially like, like the ones that, like I said, have the urban stories to say that, um, well, that promotes violence over uh, anything else. Um, it's preposterous. We we know what causes violence. That comes from not having anything to eat and having to feed your fi- family or or things like that. It's not, it doesn't have anything to do with, you know, uh, Africans seeing a violent act or Still in the car or in the video game, and say, "Hey, I'm gonna go do that in real life." Um, that takes a lot away from you know African kids, and 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 like make them you know they African 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 children are, are are smarter than that. Not to say that they won't you know stick a four or five in somebody's face and take their car, but they're not going to do it because they saw it in a in a in a video game. They're going to do it to eat. So. The NAACP and these organizations, again, uh, these petty bourgeoisie organizations, what it is, is like like how uh, it's been put to me in the movement. They're on the wrong side of the question, as always. Ushindi, uh, let yeah. me add to that. African petty bourgeoisie promote their concerns
1: over the Grand Theft Auto franchise saying it promotes violence, but colonialism and parasitic capitalism promote violence. Yes. When you think about it, right? Uh, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas and Grand Theft Auto Five had African male leads, CJ and Franklin. Yes, L- just like Little Mac, these African men eventually ascend from the ranks of the lumpen proletariat or the the working class to the petty bourgeoisie through their cunningness and hard work. So in a sense, it's much like the big scores that we saw in the black exploitation films of the nineteen seventies. These African men ascend above their conditions, outsmart the police, or as E-40 says, outsmart the popos, right? So they outsmart the popos and white gangsters as well, like we talked about with Lincoln Clay. But the conditions of Africans around them are unchanged. In the nine years that separates both games, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas and Grand Theft Auto V, the only thing that changed in the fictional neighborhood of Grove Street was the gang affiliation right it goes from the ballers to the families or something like that that's the only thing that changed so what do you think about that because what really seems to be the contradiction is the way in which these video games promote petty bourgeois individualism not the fact that they're just promoting violence
3: yeah 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 i i definitely unite with that comrade. um and you see that. And I it took me a while playing though, you know, moving from San Andreas into playing with, you know, Franklin and Grand Theft Auto Five. It's uh it's, you know, and, and I realized it took me a minute. I'm like, well, this is the same neighborhood, but nothing has changed. And even how Franklin, you know, still lives with his auntie, you know, Auntie wanted to kick him out and 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 making these moves to try to come up, but again, it's an individual, it's an individual type of come up instead of come up for the people. But that's in black entertainment a lot. Like this, there's, there's something to say about even you know certain black movie characters that people love, like Django. But Django wasn't for the people, you know. He was just for himself, and this is how these characters are portrayed in these video games. And we just have to do better. We have to do better. You know, we, 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 we get a relationship with these characters like Lincoln Clay and Franklin, you know, cause he, he sounds like us and he uses the same slang and, you know, uh, reminds you of your homeboy or whatever. But the mission or the, the overall mission is just really the same old, same old, you know, you're trying to come up for yourself instead of the people. So like, like we said before, we need, like new game developers new writers you know in the sense to you know really rally the people to come together and work to really take out the um the the boss villain which is you know it, you know it, you know who the boss villain is is white power so let's switch it up a
1: little bit let's talk about a different franchise assassins creed by ubisoft iquan you actually talked about this a little bit ahead because Ubisoft, for many people, is the most progressive of franchises, but they have some very parasitic practices in in hiring. Their very liberal Assassin's Creed franchise depicts the struggle for power between the Templars and Assassins. Assassin's Creed 3 is led by an indigenous character who struggles to create his own utopian society while helping, once again, the American revolutionaries. The game ends with slave ships pulling up into the harbor. Assassin's Creed 3 Liberation and also Assassin's Creed Black Flag are set in the prelude of the Haitian Revolution. Assassin's Creed Liberation was set in Louisiana and starred an African woman by the name of Abilene, but this game is extremely foo The gaming world makes jokes about the game that no one wants to play the game. Black Flag featured Adewale, a marooned African born in the Shante Kingdom, uh, enslaved in Trinidad, and now living as a pirate. In the add-on, Freedom's Cry, Adewale and his compatriots liberate slave ships, plantations, and assist maroon rebels. However, both games were the creation of white game creators. It's therefore, they're either minor add-ons or relegated to obscure platforms. Also, as one black video gamer noted, Ubisoft carefully depicts slavery, but not its current impact on African lives. Most recently, there was the Assassin's Creed Origins, which really got me excited because it was set in Ptolemaic, Egypt, with a Nubian hero named Bayek. Yet the producers made Bayek's skin much lighter than the actor who depicted him more than likely to appeal to European and Arab colonial ideals. In the end, Bayek's struggle becomes one for multinational integrationism. So uh, what's some of your thoughts on that as we near the end of this uh, interview?
4: Well, as far as some of my thoughts, I mean, one of the main things that capitalism does is that it's, it's kind of like the like uh, uh, the Black Lives Matter campaign and uh, like, uh, like Black Pants the movie. They use our culture and they understand that right that for the past you know decades or so that we've been under you know underrepresented and our history has been just completely falsified to this point and so they would try their best to make a way to meet that demand but at the same time in their own way like uh like in Black Panther how yeah it was supposed to be um about Africans living in their own society yet at the end of the movie, he still had to work with the CIA and the U.S. and all that sort of to fit the ideals of uh, white and other, um, you know, blue-darky forces who exist in the world. And as far as just go specifically towards, you know, like things like Black Flag and all that, I mean, I never played the Assassin's Creed 3 or Origins myself because I didn't like, I didn't like either game, Origins 3. I did, one thing I was thinking about Assassin's Creed 3 is that they, Really, for a lot of the Assassin's Creed games in general, to, to try to have you sympathize with the with the colonizer, with the people who are who are in wrong. Like even for um, Assassin's Creed Three, I didn't even know until like about a year or so after the game was uh, was finished, was that that you that you played as an indigenous character. Because I first you were just playing as some regular old you know uh, in the in the actual lot of the terminology of the game, you're called a Templar, but you're a colonist who existed within um, within you know the early days of this country. And I think as far as what Ubi thoughts of then that they do, they do try their best well not even try their best. They make an attempt to try and meet the needs and concerns of you know the black media and the existence of black gamers try to meet with them and they use history from our time but they only depict The negative, like slavery, not any of the accomplishments that we've made, or even really how slavery, like you said, how it impacts us to this current day, because they make it as if, oh yeah, everything's perfect now, but at the time, things are bad. Kind of like what everything does. Oh yeah, everything's better now than it was back then, as if things are fixed, but they never were actually fixed. And I think mostly it's not even just, personally, I don't even think it's not even just because they don't want to. I just think they don't even have that capacity. They don't even have that capacity to even know. That that even exists this thing, oh yeah, that is I guess it's one of the many 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 forms of white privilege, but um, that's what that's what I can say as my thoughts as far as um the Assassin's Creed games and then
1: now ushindi, I know that you played that Assassin's Creed origin, Mwambi told me actually, so just very briefly, as we move on, what's your thoughts on that?
3: was that the uh with the cry freedom expansion pack
1: With well 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 that's the one with Adewale, but then the one with Bayek that was set in Egypt. I call it oh. Assassin's I call it Assassin's Creed Hotel.
3: Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I I played it a little. My um my son, he was very into I didn't play that one like uh, heavily. He was into that. And um I was excited that they were in Egypt, you know, and and but like you said, the, you know, the character didn't really seem African in a sense. And it just seemed like like some type of either petty boo dictation of uh, an African story or maybe, you know, a white game developer and how he would see this to be. And it didn't seem um, like it really had a... And I would watch him. I didn't really play that one myself heavily, but I would watch my son play. And it didn't really see... Uh, it didn't really talk about or really answer anything as far as our situation now. It seemed like it was just going with the uh, the turn of... And Assassin's Creed from the first one to the last one just took a different shift. I thought I always thought the game was going to go one direction and it turned into something else. And um, I was disappointed.
1: Well, well, the thing is, it's very clear what they're not trying to talk about
3: yeah like, like i said they talked about the
1: pirates and the pirates were fighting against slavery but they push up on the french revolution then they jump completely over to most of the 1800s and then you on some jack the ripper type nonsense in England. Yeah. and now they then they go back to greece and now they on some super duper white nationalism uh, uh, with the Viking stuff, and in the middle of the surge in white nationalism and runic symbols and all that stuff, they go to the Vikings, so yeah. And the other thing that to check out is the fact that uh, Taharka we know for a fact that Taharka was one of the uh, most just of uh, African pharaohs, they were Nubians that overthrew the colonizers that came into Africa. But in the video game, Taharka is depicted as an African neo-colonial dictator, you know? So, so, so I think that I find that very, very telling. So, uh, and if anything, uh, Bayek's marriage, I think he's married to a woman who's probably Greek or something like that. And, and, and so the game becomes about some sort of a unification between um, Africa and and Europe, uh, which, and I actually think that, we can see, therefore, with the Ubisoft games, the way in which the emergence of Barack Obama on the international scene has influenced the way in which uh, some of these video games are promoting their lead characters, uh, you know, very um, you know charismatic uh, neo-colonial leaders. You are listening to the People's War radio show produced by WBPU, Black Power 96.3 in St. Petersburg, Florida. Our guests today are Iquan X and Ushindi Watu.
2: Iquan, the tech industry is notorious for its brain drain on the African community and other communities of colonized people. What would it look like if all that genius was used to create clean water or other technologies for the development of Africa?
4: Well, without the the brain drain, like you were saying, of all the, really all the mess, I would say misplaced resources, because... A lot of the things that they're saying are important as far as um, everything in the IT world. All those, all those resources could have been used for so many different things to support ourselves. Really, we could have had potentially our own nation up to this point with wealth and we wouldn't have to worry about you know food or poverty or really any real general issues that we experience worldwide. And it's thanks to really capitalism as a whole that we lack those said resources because it's not we don't really have our ideas our real safety or even our existence in their line of sight whenever they're thinking of uh industrializing some new technology or some new this that or the other it's just whatever they can take and that's just the end of the story they'll probably give us some little thing to try and be a give a have a semblance um, oh yeah, we we thought about uh, you too. Like oh yeah, we'll have a, a, a um, you know a Black Lives Matter button made this that and the other, just a way to try and impede on the wrongs that they're doing. Now yeah, like just just to put it simply, I would say if we had those resources that they take, we would be able to build the foundations that we need in our own societies. Whether like whether it's healthcare. Or, 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 or actual, or actual buildings, because in some cases, some places in Africa don't actually have the necessary resources that they need, as far as you know, building and and jobs and all that sort. And they could use the resources that they use for these game systems to have actual uh, way of living, as well as you know, clean water and a place to go for if you're if you're having, you know, mental issues or any real way to support our economy. Yeah, that's that's really what I would think of the matter.
2: Ushindi, I recently heard the term blurred. What is a blurred? What ways do you or Iquan see blurred culture as a
3: yearning for African national identity and self-determination? A blurred is, I guess, well, how I interpret it is a Black person or African who identifies also as a nerd. A nerd is, how I see it, is somebody that's, you know, passionate about like science, technology, comic books, anime, movies, and things of that nature. Uh, and like that has a like a high level of passion for it where, you know, they'll, you know, and a high level expression for their love of that stuff. Akwan, uh, you want to take that one on?
4: Yeah, I can take that one on, yeah. I would say, you know, just for myself, I'll say being a blur. Uh, I unite with what you shouldn't. You say it's really just any you know black, you know, any African individual who you know also like is into technology, uh, into comic books, pretty much any anything in regular nerd culture. Which, because it's the reason why it's separate than an average nerd is because generally for any real nerd thing, there's never really historically. Even though there have there have been people who existed within those different mediums like Harry Potter and uh, comic books and all that, it's not really something you see many black people in, and so we have to identify ourselves as a separate entity as as a whole. It
1: really does just seem to me that despite the contradictions, you got conferences of black nerds um, and black people in tech. Yeah. You got like you got magazines, you got t-shirts. You know, people. It, it does seem that even when there's these contradictions it does seem at least that there's like a yearning for like African self determination. Uh, you got yeah. these brothers that, that, that people are creating their own black, black video game platforms and things like that. So
4: in the blur community, the reason why it was, why anyone's a blurred at all is because as a black individual, you don't really have uh, with everything that we have to deal with from colonialism and constant uh, threats of you know our life, we have a way to escape to something that's better. Whether it's comic books, uh, reading about these fantastic stories of heroes who's able to save the day and they have things that we generally don't in our own lives, as well as, you know, video games where we can express and live a life that we can't on a general basis in our own community. So I do believe it is, it's great, you know, like you were saying earlier that, because there is some other mediums being created for Black nerds like myself where we can uh, actually have our own platforms that we can go on, uh, characters, and just any real faction of Black unity and identification in the comic book and video game world. And that's something that uh, hopefully in the future we'll be able to uh, see a lot more of, as well as creators and uh, the whatnot. Uh-huh,
3: uh-huh, uh-huh. Masamela, can I say something to towards? Okay, yeah. So one thing I I know that, and you could contest uh, attest to this, uh, Masamela. There are a lot of uh, African stories, uh, historical stories, and mythologies that um, Africans could take on and really try to like retell these stories in comic books, in video games, in like anime animation style to um really you know. We don't have to just jump on like another uh, bandwagon where we have all of this information and all this content on our own. And not even just like in Africa, even historically throughout, uh, you know, throughout the colonization of the world, there are these stories. So I think that, you know, the Blurred community and, and, and the ones that, uh, you know, are, are, are the create, creative ones in this community that are coming up with this content, they need to, you know, tell a, tell a different story. You know, tell our story and also think about ownership and, and owning the production of, of of being able to tell our story as well.
1: Yeah, that's perfect. That's like another 30 minutes you're trying to rope me into. So uh, I ain't going to comment on that, but that's perfect <laughs> <laughs> that that's that that's exactly correct. I mean, because that's my whole thing, right? I mean uh 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 you know, we could talk about the contradictions of Ubisoft, we could talk about the contradictions of all these other people uh, of Taharka wasn't done well, but then if if our whole thing is just to go and and you know go get a degree from Stanford and then uh, get jerked over. By, by, by EA or Ubisoft, then, then we're never going to get the liberation that we're looking for.
2: You are listening to the People's War Radio Show, produced by WBPU, Black Power 96.3 FM in St. Petersburg, Florida. Our guests today are Icon
1: X and Dushindi Watu. WBPU is a project of the African People's Education and Defense Fund a non-profit organization whose mission is to defend the human and civil rights of the African community and address the grave disparities faced by African people in education, health care, and economic development. For more information on the African People's Education and Defense Fund, visit apedf.org. Episodes
2: of the People's War Radio Show are available on Black Power Talks Podcast on
1: WUBP. .podbean.com. For updates and resources to fight the coronavirus or to volunteer with Project Black Anc, visit developmentforafrica.org
2: We'd like to thank our guests Iquan X and Ushindi Watu for joining us today We would also like to thank you our listeners for tuning in awesome. Y'all can talk about all these
0: viruses and that's good but you can't forget the main one Down with the colonial virus down with the colonial virus down Why I can't live. can't live Colonial virus Is why I can't breathe Colonial virus Yo that thing gotta go you gotta We run. don't wanna Have to deal with this virus No more Down with The colonial virus Down with The colonial virus Down Colonial virus, yo, that thing gotta go. We don't wanna have to deal with this virus no more. So we say, down with the colonial virus, down. 19, that's colonial virus. Ebola disease, that's colonial virus. HIV, that's colonial virus. Jovenel Moyes, that's colonial virus. Domestic violence, that's colonial virus. Sexual violence, that's colonial virus. Horizontal violence, that's colonial virus. State violence, that's colonial virus. Gentrification, that's colonial virus. Mass incarceration, that's colonial virus. Deportation, that's colonial virus the need for constant inebriation y'all that's colonial virus virus. attacks on black women that's That's colonial colonial virus attacks on black men that's That's colonial colonial virus attacks on black children